This is the Daily Lectionary Comments for November the 27th. We're going to look at Isaiah chapter 1, introducing ourselves to Isaiah and his uh, grand ministry in 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. Okay, Isaiah chapter 1. The first thing that we need to realize about Isaiah is uh, Isaiah was well before Jeremiah. He Actually, he, he began his ministry in about... Um, 740 BC, which is well before, long before, like 150 years before the uh, exile of of Judah. His ministry will cover many, many decades, and his book, what we call Isaiah, is probably best understood as more of an anthology of his preaching, his teaching, and his prophecies over many, many decades. The first 39 uh, chapters of Isaiah really cover events that transpired during his long, long life. These would be things like, for example, the what's, what's come to be known as the, the Syro-Ephraimic uh, War. This is where Syria or Ammon in Damascus aligned with Ephraim to go to war against Judah, whose king was Ahaz at that time. This was in about 735, 734 BC. He would also be would be preaching at the time of the siege of Jerusalem while Hezekiah was king. This was in 701 BC, and he would go on preaching even after that. So Isaiah's actual ministry covered a great long time. Uh, And so the things that he spoke to, which he actually experienced, covered a great long time, long before the time of Jeremiah. Remember, Jeremiah was at the time of the exile of Judah. During the time of Isaiah, Judah was not in danger of being exiled. Yet, when you read the prophet Jeremiah, you will see that much of what he said spoke as though, in fact, Jerusalem and Judah was in danger of being exiled. And this tells us something about Isaiah's ministry and Isaiah's preaching. Much of Isaiah's preaching covered events that occurred during his ministry, during his actual life, but a lot of it, for example, from from chapter forty onward, um, from Isaiah chapter forty onward, in in great deal, covered events that actually would not transpire until after Jeremiah or after uh, Isaiah was long dead. They would deal with Judah's eventual exile and return. So actually, much of Isaiah's preaching, many of his oracles in this anthology that we call Isaiah, would deal with events that would actually occur long after Isaiah's own lifetime uh, would be passed. And not only he would look to, to the exile of Judah, but he would look even beyond that, like Jeremiah did, beyond the exile, to the restoration. Also, Isaiah 
is sometimes called the book of Isaiah, sometimes called the fifth gospel, because it is so glorious in its scope uh, that it, it preaches God's condemnation of Israel, of Judah, because of, of their having forsaken uh, the, the Lord who had brought them out of Egypt and brought them into the land, but also who preached about the coming so-called servant of the Lord who uh, would, would uh, suffer uh, for the sins of the people who, who, would, who would be smitten and afflicted uh, for the people uh, who would give his life for the people who would be an atoning sacrifice for the people, particularly in Isaiah 50, 53, uh, we see the most pure vision of the atoning work of the Messiah, the descendant of David, who would redeem his people. Now here in the first chapter of Isaiah, we're just laying the foundation. And in the first chapter of Isaiah, we really have a chapter that's not altogether unlike what we saw in Jeremiah, except it's addressed to a people long before um, the actual invasion of Jerusalem. And it talks about Jerusalem and Judah uh, having gone very much astray, having been a child raised up by the Lord, but who is in rebellion against the Lord. And the Lord gives the, the basic prescription for what Isaiah ought to do. And, and this, more than anything else, uh, is, is the message to this first part of Isaiah. So when it says, in beginning of verse um, 16, it says, wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do good, Seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. In other words, do what Moses commanded you to do. Do this. Then it says in verse 18, come now. Let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be are, are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Now, what Isaiah is not saying here is that if you will start doing good, you will atone for your wicked deeds. What he's saying is, if you repent, God will forgive you. And the fruit of repentance is not only the forgiveness of God, but also a new life. A life that now does the very things that, that Isaiah is commanding. He says, then, then, when you repent and I forgive you, then it is possible that though your sins now are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow, though now they are red as crimson, they shall become like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. So this is what God says to all of, of his people. If you repent, all can be made new. God will renew you. He will forgive what you've done, and he will permit and empower a brand new life. On the other hand, what it says in verse 20, if you refuse and rebel, you shall be eaten by the sword. 
for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And so this is the first chapter of, of Isaiah that calls the people of God who has fallen far away from him to repentance. Now, this is long before the actual exile. It is before even the, the uh, destruction of the northern tribes. And yet the Lord is truly calling his people to repent and to be cleansed, to be washed, to be purified, and to live live a new life. This is what he calls us to. Of course, the people did not listen to Isaiah, although he preached to them for, what, some 60 years he preached to them. Nevertheless, this is how the book of Isaiah begins, this call of God to, to, to turn to him in repentance, and he will restore them. Well, we will have much more to say about Isaiah uh, as the days go by. First Peter chapter 1. Now, this is a short reading. It's filled with things. I could go on for a long time about this. I'm not going to. But this is the seed I want to plant in your head. That many have said that First Peter, especially the first four chapters of First Peter, traditionally have been understood and when you read the the uh, uh, the, the actual words themselves you can see why that's, that, that this would be the case that these words have often been understood as like a sermon probably a sermon that Peter delivered on the baptisms of early Christians so in other words imagine a day when a bunch of Christians were baptized into the new faith in Jesus Christ and Peter was there to preach what the meaning of this is. He uses the expression, this beautiful expression of being born again. This is in verse 3. He has caused you to be born again to a living hope, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, and kept in heaven for you. Now, this is a just a beautiful expression that Peter uses. But I want you to notice, and even before this, in verse 1, he addresses this entire letter to those who are the elect exiles and the dispersion. Exiles and the dispersion is to refer the Christians, these Gentile Christians, back to, to the Jews who had been exiled at the time of the Babylonian exile, exiled into the various cities of the nation of Babylon and other nationalities, that the, the Babylonians um, had conquered, he is now seeing Christians who are being converted to the faith of Jesus as being as though they're exiles in the world, scattered around the various cities of the world, scattered and exiles, and yet the people of God who, like the exiles of old among the Israelites, are destined to be gathered by God and and drawn back and led back into the promised land. So the Christians that Peter is is looking at here are as though exiles in the world that God is going to gather. He is going to gather and lead into the promised land of the new heaven and the new earth. These who have been born again. That's you and I. So Peter is preaching a wonderful sermon to those who have been born again and who are now exiles scattered in all the lands of the earth from one end of the earth to the next. 
and who are destined to be gathered by our Lord Jesus on the last day, gathered and brought to him and raised and brought into a new heaven and a new earth. So this is the wonderful words that that uh, that Peter is preaching to us. Now, by the way, I would point out these this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful section of First Peter, where he talks about, beginning of verse 10, he says, Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was given uh, to be yours searched and inquired carefully. The prophets themselves who received this message from the Lord searched and inquired carefully about what the meaning of it all was. But in verse 12 it says, It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you. In other words, the message that that they had received from God was not really for their sake but for the sake of those who in the last ages, and that's us, the last ages who would would receive this message, they were were receiving this message, not for them, uh, uh, but for for you. And it says uh, that uh, 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 it was announced to you through those who preached the good news to you by the Holy Spirit, sent from heaven things which angels long uh, long to look so Peter talks about how the gospel is such a glorious thing that the apostles themselves or, or the, the, the prophets themselves having received this message re- realized that the angels themselves longed to look into these things these things that we you and I have received the glorious gospel of the forgiveness of sins and the Holy Spirit, which we have received from heaven, which has been given to us to to draw us together in our Lord Jesus Christ, to look forward to being gathered together from the ends of the earth, the exiles in this earth, to be gathered together into the new heaven and the new earth. So this is the message of of First um, Peter, the message to the newly converted, the message to, to those who have been born again. We will talk much more about the gift that God has given to these newly born, these born again Christians in Him, in devotions to come. <music>